Hello, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. Um, I'm here with Jane Maxwell, uh, who works at University Counseling Services. Uh, this is part two um, of a um, of a two-part podcast um, with Jane. Uh, the first one, if you would like to get to know a little bit more about Jane, uh, just go back to the previous podcast. You'll get to learn a little bit about what makes Jane tick and about where she's from and all that good stuff. But this one is going to focus more on what you could say is a specialty of Jane's, and that is uh, body image. Um, so thanks again for joining me for this one, Jane. You're very welcome. Appreciate it. And um, the first question is, what interests you, this isn't on the sheet or anything, mm-hmm. what interests you in body image? Like, why, why, do you th- why, why are you drawn to that? Why do you think that's important? Um, right. Well, I think, for one thing, it's, it's a very powerful... Um, message that is sent to many young people, um, I'd say especially women right. um, and younger girls, but it's not always. Um, it definitely affects males too. But I think um, having distorted um, views of body image, whatever, is it. that's sometimes just like the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. What's really going on is much deeper, a lot of insecurities, mm-hmm. um, low self-esteem, all kinds of things going on, maybe with family, whatever. Um, and um, it is, um, it's just a shame that a person thinks so poorly of themselves and spends so much time worrying about body image. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel very strongly because I've seen it in so many people and it... It's been a part of my life, too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. teens and 20s. And, right. Uh, it takes a toll on people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of, of maybe how it was uh, just a few mm-hmm. years ago when you were in your early 20s. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> like uh, 30 years ago. Uh, uh, how much do you think um, the perception of body image has changed since you were my age uh, than like today like what has it changed substantially i mean because people today like to say that oh well body image is this these body image issues are new things that are a result of magazines like cosmo and the the result of media and stuff like that how much is that true do you think well um has it changed i think that's really hard to answer Mm -hmm. um um i think it it might shift from generation to generation a little bit with you know the different i don't know the fads the trends the mm-hmm. fashions mm-hmm. who is who is hip with the pop culture that kind right. of thing right but um the same thing was going on with um skinny models mm-hmm. and whatever when i was that age right it was the same thing although mm-hmm. um yes i think that now the magazines uh targeted towards adolescents and young adults right the the female models are thinner mm-hmm. and um when it comes to young guys um yeah i mean way back then they didn't have all these magazines with these you know pumped up buffed up guys right well right of course i don't remember looking at them but <laughs> oh, of course not <laughs> it wasn't my thing um anyway so but i think there is an emphasis I, it's more in your face now. 
Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's much more prevalent, especially like with the advent of you know the internet and stuff like that. There's much exactly more. right. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a good point. It is. It's right there, um, and and um, a lot of competition. To- oh, definitely. I think competition is a really good word. Actually. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so maybe the messages people are getting now concerning body images might be coming from might be stronger from different sources um, mm-hmm. than when I was that age. Um, but then there's, at the same time, there's a ton of parallels, too. Right, so, right. Okay, um, interesting. Um, so there's this popular belief uh, which says that girls and women suffer from more body image issues um, than men. Is, is there, um, is that true? Is there any sort of way to answer that? I know, this is hard. Um I think it is really hard to say. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, I think it is true. Mm-hmm. But I hate making big generalizations. Right, right. Um, I, men are less... Um, 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 they they don't come forward and admit this. Which doesn't mean that they're not suffering from right, it. Right, it doesn't at all. Um, I would suspect if you went into, oh, I don't know, the rec center or some gym somewhere Mm -hmm. in a big city Mm -hmm. where you see a bunch of guys working out all the time. Right. And I don't know if they'd even admit it, but you could probably see a lot of body image Hmm. um, problems going on right there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, actually, I think it is more prevalent with girls, women, than men. Mm -hmm. But, again... It's very hard to say. It's hidden with the men mm-hmm. a lot of times. It's hidden inside sports. It's hidden inside um, a certain peer group, that kind of thing. Right. Okay. Um, and what, in your experience, um, what are the most common concerns that girls and women have, and what are the most common concerns that boys and men have? Yeah. Well, I think... Um, Girls primarily thinness, probably right. So yeah, attractive. right. So for girls, I mean, it's this wanting to be this very thin, um, you know, that waif look, um, tall and thin, and anything to imitate that. And in their minds, it's sort of equated with being successful. Mm-hmm. It means they're popular. It means they've got it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the stigma of not being that thin got-it-together person is seen possibly as a weak person. You don't have as much self-control. Self-control, yeah. What? You know what's interesting that I find, and I'm not sure how how aware most people are of this. I yeah. find this really interesting. I, I am a, a student of, of human nature. I love to look at people and why it is they do what they mm-hmm. do. And one thing I've noticed over the course of time is that What's what's considered attractive and what's considered beautiful is always that which is more uncommon. Like for example, in like the seventeenth uh-huh. and eighteenth century, um, bigger women were considered more attractive because that meant they had they had money. It means they they yeah. weren't they weren't expending they didn't have to work with their hands as much. They weren't expending all these calories. And really pale women were seen as really attractive because they they were inside. They uh-huh. were free from the sun and stuff like that. So Maybe. now now that we have this abundance of food and maybe and not nearly as much physical um, um, exertion, now what's seen as attractive is the opposite of of what would naturally sort of occur, which is, you know, bigger people. So what's considered beautiful now is is thinness. And I think that's really thinness 
tanness and stuff like that. I think that's oh, I really interesting. It is interesting, and it's um, interesting how the culture, so many things drive it. Um, it's There isn't one simple answer. Um, anyway, um, yeah, and going back, you know, girls and women, the thin, and then guys, it's that to be buff and mm-hmm. strong, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's like I strong and the the male the the gender stuff that i'm a strong man Mm -hmm. um and it a lot of it boils down to acceptance i want to be accepted right um and if i have the right look the right appearance um i'll I'll equate that with my self-worth and i'll be accepted by blah 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 right and it can even be i will be loved Mm -hmm. i will be Mm -hmm. i will find fulfillment and happiness if i look a certain way Mm -hmm. and it's you know people really get obsessed about this Mm. um yeah physical attractiveness yeah it's huge it is huge it just pervades so many aspects of our lives it's unbelievable right um um okay so these issues come from maybe like a lack um would you call it self-esteem or like like a lack of self-worth perhaps right that they're looking for acceptance elsewhere yeah they're looking um it can actually come from a lot of stuff um sometimes it can even stem from like i think overall it is um wanting to be accepted or wanting to have a certain look um, right. because that is an image that portrays some some aspect of life some value that this person desperately wants mm-hmm. um, that they think they don't have on their own um, it can come from families um, that a parent or an authority figure always harped on somebody. Mm-hmm. I think you shouldn't eat so much, sweetie, and right. your pants are getting really tight. Mm-hmm. And or a little boy saying, you know, act like a man, and or you know, um, whatever mm-hmm. references. Of children pick up on what values their parents. Exactly. Push, yeah. You know, like if whatever you know if dad is goes and works out all the time and he, he thinks that a man should be muscular a little boy's mm-hmm. gonna pick up on that mm-hmm. um it so uh, the more vulnerable a person is and they have a weaker sense of self mm-hmm. of course how do you define that you know so it's this is all very, very vague. subjective yeah it's easier for that person to sort of get into this thing of oh i need to improve my image Mm -hmm. um so it can be that vulnerability insecurity feeling like um um i don't know they're not accepted and the good old horrible childhood teasing Mm -hmm. for size whether it's whatever it is someone's too short someone's too tall someone's too this to that to Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. and they're teased by a bunch of um um, insensitive peers mm-hmm. or people who are perceived as popular, that stuff does can do lifetime damage right. to people. Right. They will not Definitely. let go of it. Like I've heard many young women say, I'll be damned. I will never be called fat again. Mm-hmm. And that's their mission in life. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. <laughs> it's powerful. Very much or so. Or some guy, I'll never be called scrawny or, mm-hmm. or weak or not manly. So mm-hmm. anyway. Interesting. Um, how much, um, well, let's, how much can we, like, we see these, we see these influences, just, we're just, just bombarded, um, on a daily basis, 
um, with these with these ideas of exactly what is attractive. That's a terribly subjective term, yeah. you know, um, and that's evidenced by how much um, the ideals of beauty have changed over the past, you know, even even as little as the past, uh, you know, few years. Um, you could even argue that. So my question to you is, how much can we sort of shield ourselves from this bombardment that we um, that we encounter on a day to day basis? Yeah. Um, so many things. First of all, a lot of the images, the media, whatever, this is driven by <laughs> profits, the, the mm-hmm. marketing. They, mm-hmm. you know, you open up one of these fashion magazines or one of these manly men magazines and it's the advertisers. They're pushing a lot of stuff to, anyway. So it's understanding where this is coming from right. in the images. Um, Part, that's part of it. Um, mm-hmm. And also to value, you know, it's hard for a person to shift gears and um, to value things about yourself and others that don't have to do with appearance. It's more about mm-hmm. the person. And that sounds so... Oh, Fairy tale. Yeah, it's yeah. like, how the hell you do that? Um, but, I mean... Just thinking about the aging process, you know. Here I am, middle aged. Mm-hmm. Um, things things happen. People change, whatever, and our outward appearance um, is not always going to be there. And if your self worth is always um, determined by that, just setting yourself someday up for that's going to crash. Essentially, mm-hmm. right? For one reason or another, um, like you know. The person you're madly in love with is attracted to someone with healthy self-esteem and not to someone who has the perfect body. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> how can we shield ourselves? Um, uh, maybe recognize how um, how heavily we're influenced as people by outside um, influences. Mm-hmm. Um, um, how impressionable are people? And and kind of step back and get some perspective, um, and just general health and balance. Right. If you spend all your time trying to be perfect, attractiveness wise or whatever, um, um, how how that turns into an obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really t- kind of shifting values that if yeah. I mean, wanting to be attractive for healthy reasons is great, but when it gets distorted, no. And when you you see nothing but appearance mm-hmm. gone too far, so it's it's valuing the other aspects of people, right? And yourself. Most so, importantly, yeah. Easier said than done. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And speaking up, you know, just like with racist remarks or this or that. Is when you hear that language, there's there's a certain fat language, body mm-hmm. image language mm-hmm. out there. Right. And to be proactive in, whoa, stepping up and saying, no, uh-uh, not cool. Right. Okay. Um, so speaking demographically, who has the most body image issues based on reports and yeah. studies? Yeah, well, I think historically or statistically it would say young, um, mm-hmm. young Adult white women. Hmm. Why is that? Do you think? I think that's incredibly difficult to answer. It, I know but. it is hard, and I I'm worried that maybe that you know that 
is changing. Um, you'll see, well, okay, we're talking about body image. If you take it to another extreme, we're talking about eating disorders. Mm -hmm. If you see eating disorder clinics, they're generally in big cities where people are in inpatient and stay for days or months. Mm -hmm. They generally come from uh, middle class or affluent white families. Hmm. And... Um, it's hard to say in a nutshell why that is. I don't want to trivialize this um, and or anything, but it, it, it seems to stem from too much preoccupation with the self. Mm -hmm. And it seems like yeah. if you're having trouble finding enough food to eat, it doesn't really seem like you're going to be terribly concerned if, if you don't look like Tara Reid. Mm -hmm. you know, do you sort of know what I'm saying? Like, right. it makes sense that it would come from these these upper class, right. maybe like affluent, um, mm -hmm. affluent sort of uh, social social classes. Because, it, just pragmatically speaking, you know, when 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 you're having trouble making ends meet, you're you're not going to be terribly concerned right. about such you know such things. So that that sort of makes sense. But go right. ahead. Well, yeah, and so this is kind of a big generalization, um, mm -hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I think, and it, it can stem from a lot of stuff in the family, um, a lot of just the the mindset growing up that you need to be this way, you need to be perfect, and mm -hmm. my lovely daughter doesn't have problems, and things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but, you know, there are other populations, um, and I, I do believe um, it's in um, a lot of... Uh, you know, younger girls, um, and in other populations like males and um, more, you know, the different um, ethnicities. Mm -hmm. it's ju you just don't see it as much. Interesting. Uh, also, um, I don't know how much truth there is to that, that I think there's another cult subculture of gay men mm -hmm. um, that have a lot of body image problems. Mm -hmm. There's that there's that old stereotype where gay men are always in really really good shape, uh -huh. yeah, or, or something. It, there uh -huh. is a something, and you know, again, it's the stereotypes or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so hmm. yeah, well, and you know, another trend that is f very far removed from us here at Truman, mm -hmm. um, middle-aged women, my age, really, yeah, huh. and they they're starting to come out of the closet. Hmm. It, it's been hidden, and it, it's it. Guess what? It's from when they were this right, age. right, and they just never, that, never shook it. They never shook it, and um, have a lot of problems. And um, for instance, if someone had a pretty serious eating disorder, sometime in their younger days, twenties, thirties, mm -hmm. in their fifties, sixties, they're going to seriously have the repercussions with. Very weak bones. Mm, I see. Yeah. Women, and I guess I, I'm sure it men. would primarily be women because um, of menopause and mm -hmm. stuff changing. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot of hidden pockets, but you know, the most part, it, it's this young, hmm. and a lot of it starts in adolescence. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, so how should we like? How should we approach someone if we have a friend or maybe a family member or something like that who we think um, maybe is sort of maladaptively concerned um, mm -hmm. with their body image? Um, there's a difference between exercising to stay healthy right. and exercising so people love me. Um, how how should we approach someone? Do you think? 
Um, first of all, not to talk down to this person or, or be patronizing. Saying, right. Hey, what are you doing? Whatever. Not mm -hmm. to be too harsh on them. It's always a fine line. Like, do you want to be direct or whatever? But what's seriously probably going on is their own self-doubts and whatever. So it's being more concerned with them as a person. Right, right. Like, hey, I'm here for you if something's going on. Um, and it's pointing out that, hey, you're getting a little obsessed with this. Mm -hmm. I've noticed this and this. You don't seem to be yourself. Right. That kind of thing. So that's sort of the gentle way to, to open up the topic. Um, mm -hmm. For someone who has a very serious eating disorder, telling them, Ooh, you're way too thin and I'm so worried about you, they want to hear you're way too thin. That's how mm -hmm. distorted their thinking is. So, mm, um, I see, yeah. For someone who's seriously, seriously in an eating disorder, um, it takes some, it can take some, a group intervention kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, but just body image is, um, being kind to a person and helping them see this, this is getting out of hand. I, mm -hmm. I like you for who you are. You don't have to do this. Right. I think that's what it sort of all boils down to is teaching them, you know, or telling them that they'll, they'll be accepted no matter, no matter how they look, yeah. you know. Right. Mm -hmm. You're okay. You don't need to do this. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, it's, it's kind of a fine line when it goes from just, I mean, self-improvement. I mean, going and working out and watching what you eat doesn't sound that bad, mm -hmm. but it's when it gets really distorted mm -hmm. and it starts to t take over their functioning. Mm -hmm. um, there are young women who think about food 24-7. They are planning it. Right. They're, um, whatever, they, they have a calculator going off constantly. Mm. That's a lot of time and energy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Um, how how do like um how do the figures for like um prevalence rates of like and then just to mm -hmm. getting close to time here but I did want to talk about this um how do prevalence rates of like anorexia and bulimia and body image issues how do those like do you have any numbers on Truman or do you have like right. like how do they compare or maybe college students in general well college students in general um um I I looked this up that um of course, this is from a year ago, the mm -hmm. the, um, the 2007-8 school year. Three mm -hmm. percent reported having anorexia, as compo uh, compared to the national was 1.8. So that's oh high. wow, absolutely yeah. But of course, you got to think who who was you know who was surveyed that right, kind of thing, right. um, and then. Who has the guts to say they've got they do this or not? So yeah, no kidding. But I mean, and who's to say if there's a correlation with Truman attracts these high achieving, mm -hmm. want to do well students mm -hmm. um, who suffer from perfectionism, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so who knows if that's part of it? But yeah, it's rather high. Hmm. Um, it'd be interesting the numbers that come out from this year, and that's anorexia. That's the the sense of um, you know. Um, starving oneself and compensating mm -hmm. in other ways like mm -hmm. exercise and the bulimia is the throwing up and right. purging that was 2.6 here at truman compared to 2.2 nationally oh wow at co in college that's so high again a little bit it is a little high mm -hmm. but um another kind of question was um like does this affect your academic schoolwork and mm -hmm. and 1.2 reported um eating disorders do Hmm. And I didn't get the number of what that's compared to, but it was low. 
Mm-hmm. So it was a different wording of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's hard to say definitely, but I think it um, it's it's more prevalent than you can see. Hmm. Much more. Wow. Um, Interesting. It really it's there. And you would obviously encourage anyone who's having problems with mm-hmm. this to, and and obviously all of everything that you that you um, talk about is, is is very confidential. You could in fact lose yes. your job for talking about any of this stuff, right? Right. With, with other parties. Right. It, um, uh, individual clients, no, you don't talk about their own personal issues, usually the names or anything. Mm-hmm. It, it's all confidential. Okay. Okay. What would you say, just as a last note, um, to encourage uh, people who are having, who are maybe concerned about their their own preoccupation with their body image? What would you say to them to try to to encourage them to come in and and talk to someone? Um. Yeah. That um, that if this is becoming um, a major part of your life, um, it's creating anxiety. It's affecting schoolwork and Mm -hmm. relationships. um, That yes, please come in and we can help. Um, and I also um, try to run a body image, um, improve self-esteem mm-hmm. support group. And it started up this year, so mm-hmm. next year we plan to get it going okay. and um, show lots of videos and good discussion. I think the hardest part, whether you do the individual therapy or um, coming to a group, mm-hmm. is um, admitting that, yeah, this is affecting my life in a negative way. Right, and right. I've heard even people say, um, I just got so tired of being sick and tired of mm-hmm. worrying about this mm-hmm. and um, always being preoccupied. So mm-hmm. my thought is don't let this um, affect your quality of life. And if you can change your perspective now early in life, you can let go of some, some demons that might haunt you for a long time. Hmm. Okay. Um that's about it. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we uh, before we go ahead and head out? Um, no, but it, uh, the only thing I can think of is um, please don't be afraid to um, to admit um, any flaws or faults because um, I think Truman really has this culture of having it together, right, and not having problems and handle everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's just not realistic. We are there to help. And um, so um, please remember, it's okay. Yeah. I mentioned this in another podcast, but this is really the only time in our lives where we will get the chance to essentially receive free counseling from very, very, very uh, well-trained and uh, capable individuals. So take advantage of that, definitely. It's true. So, right. You're not going to get this for free. And right. any other point in your life, so all uh, shapes and sizes, all I'm very judge, non-judgmental, and the rest of the staff is too. So, okay, everybody's Super. welcome in my group. All right, great. Um, as we said in the last podcast, uh, University Counseling Services is located right by Graham Hall. Uh, maybe even said it in this podcast. I'm not entirely sure, uh, but the phone number is six six zero seven eight five four zero one four. And if you have any questions for Jane, uh, please feel free to email her at jmaxwell at truman.edu. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And, Jane, thanks for your time. You're so welcome. Appreciate Thank it. you. No problem. And good. Again, thanks, everyone, for listening, and take care.